what is going on, everybody? Welcome, welcome into the off. Oh, I've got the wrong sheet up. This is not the off <laughs> show. This is uh, the hump day hotline. Yes, sir. <laughs> on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network, presented by Picasso's Pizza. Treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza uh, on game day. Picasso's, we are Buffalo Pizza, shipping local and nationwide. Order online at picassospizza.net. It is hump day, Jerry O. Hump day. Hump, hump day. Hey, what day is it? Hump, hump, hump. Mike, Mike, Mike. So, uh, so this is what's up. So, uh, I haven't been on the show for like three weeks. That's not true. I was on three weeks ago, but I was only on for like 20 minutes because it was Addison's birthday. Right. And then I had a work trip. And then we had, uh, last week I had dress rehearsal for all of our Christmas service, Christmas services because I'm a performer and I think it's pretty well known by now that how that whole thing works. And then, uh, so Spence was carrying on without me. And now Spence is not feeling well. So he's not here. So I got, my man, Jerry Ostrowski, former Buffalo Bill, 10 years, 11 years, how long? I was up there 10. They've given me credit, I think, for eight or nine as far as my pension goes, but I did a little practice squad time. So We'll call it 10. <laughs> we'll call it 10. I was there from 92 to 02, so. Very good. It was Very 10. Good. The glory days. You were there for the glory days, and I think you were on. Were you on last week as well? I was, man. I was. I was on last week with Rube, and basically it was me, Rube, and Spence, and Spence just started the show and then basically faded away, and Ruben and I took over for an hour. That's the uh, best. Could have, you know. I could just sit here and like monitor comments and do no, and do nothing. At else. one point, no lie, Spence like put the screen up and left the show and went <laughs> off and did whatever, and then came back like five to ten minutes later. That's so, funny. I gotta try. Uh, no. I got awesome. to try one of those. Well, everybody, welcome. For those of you that have piled into the comments section, it's good to have you. Uh, please like, please subscribe, whatever platform you are consuming this podcast or video cast, vidcast on. Uh, we are uh, Super Chat Live. So if uh, you have a question for Jerry Ostrowski or myself or a comment and you'd like to get that in, please Super Chat us. We would greatly appreciate it. It's Christmas time. Yes. Uh, so we could use any little bit of extra dough that we can possibly <laughs> get. Uh, but yeah, the Buffalo Bills are at 11 and 3, Jerry Ostrowski. They beat the Miami Dolphins uh, in what finished as a snow globe game. Snow globe game. Uh, Saturday night, you were there. So talk about your Bills Mafia House experience, if you will. How was I, we didn't get to meet up? The, so I had Christmas right. services, and then I had I was I was my whole intention was to get there, like I was going to be there around five o'clock. Traffic, weather, cars everywhere. It was awful. Uh, but so I did not get to see you on Saturday. But what was your uh, your Bills Mafia House experience like? Because we talk about it over here all the time. Outstanding. I mean, you know, first of all, I understand the whole church thing. Uh, my wife used to work at a church for quite a while. So, uh, you know, you are a person of the people when they speak, you must, when they come, you must show up. Right. Exactly. So, uh, no, it was awesome. Um, we had a great time. I got to take my sons, uh, up to Buffalo to a game, uh, Jackson, my oldest, his, uh, his girlfriend was able to come as well. Actually, it was her idea. She's the one that set the whole thing up for his birthday back around Thanksgiving, but Mafia House was insane. Got to meet a lot of people again that I have not uh, met in a while. I miss Pam. Uh, hopefully, I'll catch her. on. There. Yes, I miss Pam. So she, she showed wasn't up. there when I was there. She showed, she showed up, up late. You left. Yep, yeah, yep. She showed she up does, late. She does that, and then she texts you and says, hey, are you coming after the game? It's like, no. Exactly. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm going home because I've been here since 4 o'clock. Right. But uh, it was cool, man. I got to meet some people. I got to see Rube. I talked to Rube for a while. Um, you know, so it was a great experience. And we went inside 
and uh, we got to our seats. And I'm, I'm going to tell you what, man, I, we had the opportunity to go inside. Mm. Jeremy Kelly, who runs the Bills alumni, does a wonderful job. He set everything up. We had the ability to go inside. I asked my boys point blank. I was like, hey, man, do you want to go inside? It's going to be cold and snowing. And they looked at me like we didn't fly all the way up to Buffalo not to get the full right. mafia experience. That's right. That's right. So we went outside, and I'm glad we did. We had an absolute blast. We were warm. We were dressed appropriately, uh, good boots, and um, enjoyed it one hell of a football game. At, over, some point, you know, at some point, they went full Ryan Fitzpatrick, didn't they? They went full yes. shirtless. <laughs> um, we have we have a really good friend who's uh, an Erie County Sheriff, so they have a way. You know, those guys will help, and they let some people on the field. And after the game, uh, my boys got to go down, and uh, they went uh, shirtless in front of the uh, playoff bound uh, scoreboard picture. So snow dropping, snow in the field, playoff bound. These two goons are without shirts on. It was it was pretty cool. That's fun. Well, I'm glad you guys had the best of times. Uh, it's got to be cool to be back, right? So you got to go to the Chiefs games and re- kind of reunite with Fina. Uh, right. This game, and you got to reunite with Rube. It's got to be. It's got to be awesome. I would think, right? Uh, full full disclosure. Uh, I retired in 2002, and that was the first Buffalo Bills football game I've ever been to in Orchard Park since I retired. Wow. Um, and I picked a hell of a game to go to. I have to say, yes, uh, you did. You know, everything hit right. No flight delays. Everything was wonderful. And um, we already are talking about it. We're going back. Um, you know, we're going to go back and, and watch another game at home. And we we had a really good time. That's awesome. So did your boys grow up Bills fans? Um, yes and no. I mean, um, they had, you know, when they're young. Oh, Jackson always did because Jackson was born in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Owen mm-hmm. was actually born in Tulsa. So he went through a very, very strong Baltimore Ravens stage. Oh, interesting. They both had respect for the Eagles because their pops is an Eagles fan from growing mm-hmm. up in mm-hmm. Philly. But we've all gathered around the Bills Mafia. So um, it's been a really cool bonding experience for us. My wife's into it as well. So uh, we had a good time. So sidebar, not in the in the notes or the script, but right. this is my question. So the Galleria Mall obviously has been around for a long time. <laughs> right. Uh, I was at the Galleria Mall. I took Addison shopping uh, before the show today. Uh, Wednesday is our kind of like daddy daughter day because McKenna is at youth group and Beth, who works at the church, still like just stays there until afterwards. That way we're not driving right. back for 30 minutes. So it allows Addison and I to basically do things together on Wednesdays after work or whatever. So we usually go to, she loves Chipotle. Don't She's 13, loves Chipotle. So we go to Chipotle, but we went to the Galleria Mall. Now I remember specifically being in, I think it was FYE, the, the record store in the Galleria Mall 20 years ago. So when, around the time you were probably playing um, and I was going, it was Christmas time. I'm going through like the Christmas CDs or the Christmas bin. And all of a sudden the dude is like, Hey, can I get that? Like, can I reach over and get that? And I look over and it's like Nate Clements <laughs> and like, right. Nate Clements is like, can I get that CD over there? And I'm like, sure thing, Nate. Like well, that, <laughs> that happened to me sort of again today. So like we're walking into the Apple store, Bobby Hart's walking out and I'm like, Bobby, great game. And he was startled, almost surprised that I even recognized him right? because not that many, he's not. Deion Dawkins right he's not right. and so I think that's the question that I have when you were in Buffalo did you always get recognized everywhere you went say like Fina did or were you more of one of the incognito guys um I was when I was playing I mean I was noticed I was recognized more than normal I've had some great stories about people interrupting us at dinner and my wife like 
you know, one one instance, a female interrupting Uh-oh. us at dinner and being very persistent. <laughs> and and I'm not saying that I'm, you know, Tom Selleck or anything, but right. you're, um, close. You know, you're close. Yeah, there. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I have that, you know, masculine thing going on. But, um, you know, uh, yeah, she wasn't real happy about it. But no, I was a little less than John, but no people recognize you. Now, when I was up there this time, I hadn't been around very much. So there was people that did recognize me, my Twitter, my, you know, my Twitter group and and stuff like that but um uh and a few people did i've signed a few autographs which is cool yeah um so there is a couple at least out there that actually remembered me but uh not you know not like john i'm not running around with the with the ring you know doing the <laughs> ring pictures the best to be best- honest with you it was too cold for the ring so i just right. kept it at home the, the the best line john has is when he gives his his afc championship ring to somebody to wear like to try uh, he puts it on, or they put it on. They're like, "I'm just, gonna, I'm gonna keep this." And he's like, "That's fine. I've got another one." <laughs> That's the best line that he's got. It's I've really only got good. one. I've only got one, and it's the one that he always wears around. Oh, so gotcha. I keep it in a safe place. That's awesome. That's awesome. We have a special guest. Um, I don't, I don't know if you can see him or not, but uh, I don't. Know, does he want to pop himself in, or am I going to pop him in? So, what's up, Jay Spence? What's going on? I, I, <laughs> whoa, he's back from the dead. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really not feeling good. But I was obviously watching, and then I'm on Twitter and all this stuff, and I just had to pop in real quick to say, hey, my man Jordan got, finally gets his love that he deserves. Um, oh, what's that? Uh, the Pro Bowl announcements were just Twitter. made. Well, the Pro Bowl announcements were just made. Oh, Jordan Poyer made the Pro Bowl. Um, and actually, here I'll I'll read them off really quickly. Then I, I I'm yeah yeah I didn't I don't mean to disturb the conversation and the way it was going, but I, I wanted to make sure I talked about it real quick. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, what's up, Jerry? What up, Spence? <laughs> what's Good up? to see you again. What's up, Joe? What's up? <laughs> what's up, bro? It's been a long time. It's been a minute. Yeah, man. We, hey, man, you need to hydrate, dude. You're like delusional. Man, I've been hydrating. Um, I've been trying my hardest. I've been taking some liquid IVs, man, all types of stuff. My man, Buffalo. My man, Buffalo Freddy said, Jay Spence, the guest. <laughs> <laughs> On his own show. <laughs> exactly. But so here it is. Uh, so first round select or the 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 guys that made it, Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Mitch Morse, Jordan Poyer have all been named to the Pro Bowl. Uh, this is Mitch Morse. Wow, yeah, that's awesome. This is Allen's second, and this is Diggs' third, and Poyer Morse's first. Um, yeah. The first alternate, you got Dion, you got Dawson Knox, you got Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds. Second alternate, alternate you have wow. uh, Roger Saffold. Yeah, second alternate, you got Tyler Bass and Roger Saffold. Wow. Um, and then mm. we actually have a selection all the way up to the fifth alternate. But I think those first two, the the guys that made yeah. it in the first alternate, uh, it's a pretty big deal. Um, I know some of those guys probably feel like they deserve to make it off the top, but it's still pretty good that uh, Dawson's getting some love. I think uh, Matt Milano should have made it off the muscle. I think that's absolutely yeah. a snub. Yes. Um, to me, I there's think people call the defensive player of the year, and I'm one of them. Like, there's yeah. people not in Bills, like right. in the Bills family, saying he's defensive player of the year and like second for first alternate. Is is yikes! Wow. Yeah. So here's my thing, real quick. When you and I'm gonna I'm gonna co-sign for you real quick, Spence. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you when you got a guy like Poyer that comes back with the injury he had and plays the way he's playing, um, you know that Pro Bowl that Pro Bowl selection is for a lot of things, mm. not just his play, but his heart, his leadership, and everything else that goes with it. So. Happy for him and the rest. Well, from my understanding with, with Jordan, um, he didn't get in with the fan vote. He got in with um, the player and the coaches voting, um, right. which shows the respect around the league. But, you know, I think one of the things that 
I know Joe Noah would talk about tonight, and then I'm gonna hop out. Sorry for hijacking the show there for like whatever, but no, no. um, I, I did want to make sure me I... back for last week. <laughs> Touche. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, but I, I do think um, being a first alternate is good. But you know, I think it's crazy. This this year, I think both Tremaine and Matt are having the best seasons of their career. Joe just mentioned yeah. Matt um, as defensive player of the year type conversations. And, and when it comes to Tremaine, I mean, he's made it previously this year. Mm -hmm. He looks like he, to me, he looks better than he's ever looked. So mm -hmm. the fact that he's an alternate is a little, you know, but it is what it is, man. We got, we got some, how many games has he missed? Uh, Tremaine, Tremaine? I think two, maybe one. One, maybe, yeah, maybe he's one, played maybe injured. I thought he missed more than that with the, you guys, with the groin. Talk amongst yourselves. I'll Google it. <laughs> okay. Right. And I, I think, and I, and I understand that Mitch, Mitch missed the game as well, missed half of this last game, but maybe that had a little bit to do with it as well with the injury thing. But well, no. Mitch, was, Mitch made it. Yeah, right? Mitch, made, Mitch it? made it. Right. Yeah, I know Mitch was. made it, but I'm saying that I'm, I was, I'm kind of confusing things. He made it, but he was what, a game and a half? He, he missed a, this half a game or I feel like Mitch missed a couple in the at the beginning of the season with his elbow. He did. He, did he? yeah, Van Roten played for him. So I, I think actually Mitch has missed more than Tremaine. Um and then uh hmm. Tremaine, I don't think has missed a game. I think he's played no, every he, game. I know he has. No, he's missed nope. he's missed a game for sure. Yes. I've got so nah, oh that might be was it the Jets game that we missed him? No November sixth, he had ten combined yeah. tackles, six assists. It was second Jets game. He had seven combined tackles, three assists. So what? The eighth, nineteenth, twenty-fifth, October second, sixteenth, thirtieth. Was there a game in the middle there? He wasn't active for one of those games. I think it was only one for Tremaine. Everybody's letting us know that Mitch missed the Miami game. So the, the yeah, the Miami, Miami game. game. Yeah, um, Twenty-two games played, eleven, and the Bills are eleven and three. Right. Mm -hmm. So did he miss three games? Is that right? He missed more than you think with the groin. Oh, that's it, right. Tremaine had like the, right. he had the heel and the groin injury, you know, both of them combined. And uh, the concern was like <sighs> an Achilles injury. So he he had some games missed. So that, you know, Jerry, that makes sense. It could absolutely be that. Right. Um, I'm a little shocked, pleasantly, but shocked that Dawson Knox has the first alternate love. Um, you know, he's five, not seven and eleven weeks, five, seven and eleven. He missed. You Sorry. Go. No, you're good. You're good. Yep. And um, but but Dawson, I don't think Dawson has played up to most Bills fans expect besides this last game. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's because he's playing bad. I just don't think he's as active in the offense. Like they're not calling mm -hmm. his number as often as they should. But you see, when mm -hmm. you get yeah, nine, we're going to talk about that. I know Jerry's going to give it to y'all tonight about that. He, he, <laughs> he's <laughs> well, no, I, I, I finally I, I'll tell you what you should have named this episode. Big O sees the light because there's some things that I've seen that I saw this week that I. I'm I'm actually going to get in on with you guys that you've been complaining about for a while. Oh, so no. you can pat yourselves on the back and 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 say that you you've convinced me because I've actually seen it with my own eyes now. See, I'm a I'm a I'm a uh, stay tuned in. So I'm gonna get on out of here. I, I would like to say though to everybody, Merry Christmas. Uh, have fun this weekend, Joe. I love you, man. I hate that we didn't love get to party at the tailgate. Listen, Big O is really the Big O. This is my first time meeting him in person. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. He's, He's the, the Big, big O. Boy. He's the Big O. And uh, I told you, I told you the story in Kansas City when the guy came up. He's like, "You're a big old boy. Did you ever play football?" <laughs> but you know what? I just didn't put it. I, I'm like in my mind. I'm guessing like yeah. I mean, all football players are because like Ruben Brown is tall but now he's right, not right. big big o is big right. and i'm like yeah he's a big old boy yeah Rube, yeah yeah so it was a pleasure i was 11 meeting. 7 when i was born spence and i was a month early so i've always been big 
Well, yes, it's a good true. thing for your mom. You were a month early. And I'm an only child. <laughs> yeah. if, if that if that has anything to do with it. I would imagine. So. <laughs> your mom is like, your, your mom is looking yes. at your dad going, stay away yes. from me. Yes. <laughs> I would hope so. Yes. But, but yeah, I just wanted to make sure I, was, I, I popped in and said Merry Christmas. I wanted to talk about the Pro Bowl selections Amazing. and snubs and all that for a minute. And, uh, and look, I love you guys. Keep killing. Have a great show. Love you, Rich. Love you, everybody. I think I saw Dan shoot me some love in there, too. Uh, so shout out to everybody that, that's hung with us all year. I mean, it's been another yeah, fantastic yeah. year. Buffalo Rumblings has done over 4 million, 4 million downloads and streams this year. And I think wow. that's um, it's huge. Last year, we were excited to have two million i believe right we hit two million and i don't i don't think that includes youtube views or twitter no, views it doesn't, correct? It doesn't include pod. youtube that's just pod so i mean pod. we we are breaking like just breaking barriers and doing everything this year so i uh, can't wait for next year we got some big things happening so i just want to mm. you know just wanted to pop in and say merry christmas i love everybody and and uh, go, bills. go bills go bills go bills merry christmas so yeah so that uh cameo Right. Surprise celebrity cameo from Jay Spence, the king. So uh, love that dude. Uh, appreciate him uh, being <laughs> Jerry's just a big baby. Jerry says literally <laughs> nice. <laughs> At least you're owning it. At least you are. You got owning to, it. man. You got you to. You definitely got to. So let's, uh, I don't remember, we were talking about just being around, being recognized and being at the tailgate, but let's actually get to the topic at hand and I'll have to knock off a topic or two because believe it or not, the all pro, the, the pro bowl stuff is important. So I'm yes. glad that he came in because I totally missed it. I was watching the longest yard, uh, the Burt Reynolds version before we came on the show. So I was not on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's start right from the top. Uh, as far as the, the Miami Dolphins game goes, you know, we won that football game. I'm not super duper pleased with the game plan specifically on defense, because I feel like there was a book out on this Miami Dolphins offense that if you follow it, they look like a bunch of middle school kids out there trying to play football. And the Bills just walked in with a nickel four two and was like, we're going to be who we are and whatever happens, happens. And they yep. won, right? If it wasn't for roughing the kicker penalty, it probably would have been uh -huh. a little more lopsided than it was. Um, but the offensive line, to your point, continues to struggle, right? Uh, for this Buffalo Bills team, you know, week to week, it, it, you know, it seems like it's a new offender, whether it's, you know, uh, Dion one week or uh, pick, you know, uh, Spencer Brown one week. And this past week, it was Roger Saffold. Right. Is it focus? Right. Is it coaching? Is it game plan? Like what is happening? Well, I think it's a little bit of everything, but right now I'm, I'm, I kind of, I'm with Fina on this one. I, I tend to wonder where our technique is a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And and we are getting beat with speed. We have a very, very big issue with speed. And I think the Dolphins do a tremendous job of of penetrating. They slant. They get in oh, the yeah. gaps. They get upfield. Well, Christian and, Wilkins is not rec – yeah. he's recognized as being good. He's not recognized <laughs> as being one of, like, the premier right. inside interior tack defensive tackles in the league. But he is absolutely one of the premier – in, like interior defensive tackles, but yes. But it was it was amazing to me that it seemed like we 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 always had a hat on a hat except for one guy, mm -hmm. and somebody was getting hit in the backfield all the time. Dion struggled again with technique. I mean, Dion is a very very good athlete, mm -hmm. and when when Dion when Dion has issues, to me, it's technique wise. It's bad steps, and he got beat across his face late in the game for a, a play that could have been, you know, could have been huge. It could have caused a turnover. Um, you know, he got beat on the backside of a run across his face in the gap. Mm -hmm. uh, Spencer Brown continues to have issues. 
I think Spencer Brown's issues are more in line with health than anything. I mm. think I really worry about his health. I worry about his long-term, mm. his longevity in the league. If this is his back and he's already uh-huh. had one back surgery right. and now he's having another back surgery, if he has to, he's a tall guy. Um, you know, you start bending at the waist instead of the hips. You put more pressure on your back. He has a really, really hard time moving, uh, getting out of his own shadow. So he has a tremendous amount of issues with speed. And then, you know, when we lose Mitch, I mean, that's that's the pivot man. And the pivot man, I don't care how good the backup is, you know, Mitch gets that thing going and gets everybody in line. And when he's right. not playing, that's, that's tough. Right. Um, I thought Saffold got beat across his face a few times. He had some holds. Um, he had an offsides. So there's there's things that I worry about, and it's a lot of it has to do with technique. I don't. I think the only time I see a person getting physically beat, a lot of times is Spencer Brown, and that's because of I think injury than it is opposed to actual natural yeah. ability. I think he's playing hurt. Gotcha. And I think you know I think he's really really struggling. So what happens? Does Quisenberry get healthy and take that spot over? And are we better with a healthy Quisenberry as opposed to a 75% Spencer Brown? I don't know. But movement is re- – with an offensive line that's built to be a gap scheme offensive line mm-hmm. and not a zone scheme offensive line, we are getting beat by speed where we are built to not get beat by speed. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. a little bit concerning. That, that So, yeah, that's big. So just to repeat that, we're – we're built, or at least the scheme, the makeup is to not allow us to be beat by speed. Meanwhile, we're getting beaten by speed. Right. right. Gap scheme, gap scheme of offense is okay. Gap scheme stuff is down, down, kick out. It's it's run the power. You mm-hmm. know, it's the fold scheme stuff. It's all of that. It's what comes with running a spread style offense, which we run. Yeah. I yeah. like we talked about this a few weeks ago. I believe it was me, you, and John. We talked about this on on his show on Off Tackle, where I don't believe the Bills are built to be a zone inside zone team. Mm. They can maybe be an outside zone team. I'm not sure they're an inside zone team. They're a gap scheme team. They're not tremendous. They, they don't have a bunch of just huge Mauler type offensive linemen. They're taller, longer, and they and right. that's where right. I start to worry and be concerned. We're getting beaten gaps. We shouldn't get beat in. Yeah, it's it's interesting too because you know they've decided to go with such big men, right? So as as big as Spencer Brown is, and I've stood next right. to him, six eight is what he's listed at. But keep in mind right. they've got Greg Rousseau listed at six six. I've also stood next to Greg Rousseau, and he's every bit of six eight. And I think Spencer Brown is bigger than him. And then Tommy Doyle is bigger than Spencer Brown. I've stood next to both of them. Um, I don't know necessarily what the thinking is there. I know in the preseason they were having conversations. I heard it from Coach's mouth, uh, Aaron Cromer's mouth about moving <laughs> moving Tommy Doyle inside the guard at 6'9". And uh, he even said, you know, people have asked me, can you do that? Can you, like, put a six foot nine guy in at guard inside? And he was like, why not? <laughs> so I, uh, right. yeah. I guess the question I would have is, you know, we have found success um, in the last several weeks. Now, the Bills have a an, an, what I would consider an anomaly stat. Um and it's an anomaly stat because it hasn't happened to us necessarily in the last several years. And it isn't something that's like, oh, my God, obviously, yes. The Bills are the only team in the NFL to have rushed for 100 yards in every game this season. Now, Josh yep. Allen is a big part of that. Josh Allen is a huge part of it. However, right. 
the ground game has found recent success and has right. been getting much better. So the question is, and here come the bots. The question is, is why is that? Like, what is, so is it, is that, the, so like when you watch Devin Singletary, Devin Singletary take over the game in the last right. 556, and, and Josh was a part of that too. So Josh was running a lot of, you know, obviously quarterback draws, but that last drive, it was just Devin, 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 right, left, right, left, right, right, left. I mean, so where is where is that with the offensive line? Is that a technique thing? Is that now the running backs kind of getting it? I think some of it's a little bit of both. I think that I that's one of the things I was going to talk about. While they had issues, I thought the four-minute drill at the end of the game was fabulous. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, like you said, Josh keeps people honest, even when he pulls the ball and doesn't gain many yards or any yards at all. There's a couple right. times in the game where, and you could tell he was frustrated with some things. We'll get into that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that, they get in a rhythm, they get downhill, and believe me, it's much easier for those big dudes to go forward than it is backward, especially sure. if you're having health John issues. Talks about, John talks about that all the time. It is not natural to go backwards. Right. We're the only we're the only position in in any sport, except for maybe the only other one would be a defenseman in hockey, mm-hmm. where you're going backwards as fast as you can to stop a dude coming at you as fast as right. I can going hockey, forward. So hockey would be it. You were correct. Right. Yep. But I think that they did a really good job. And, and Buffalo Freddie talks about D-line fatigue. I think that that's part of it. But Singletary to me is, is has gone above and beyond anything he's done before. He's proven himself to be the number one back. I mean, there's a couple runs there where he got hit in the backfield and bounced off a of contact mm-hmm. and still got positive yards. He protects the football. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a lot of it is him as well, but it's a lot easier for that line to be going forward than backwards. There's, do you find, do you see the Bills resigning? I mean, the only way he stays if is if is if he signs a severely hometown discount. Right. And it's funny because every time, every right. time since I've started podcasting, fans always jump in hometown discount. Maybe you'll take a hometown discount, and uh-huh. the conversation has always been these guys are not taking hometown discounts because. They only get one chance a lot of times to kind of hit that thing to set them up for the rest of their lives and set their families up. And then what happens last offseason? Milano signs a hometown discount. Like all these guys start right. signing hometown discounts. So it's not outside the realm of possibility. And I think everybody would love to have Singletary on this football team. I just don't know that you're paying that kid four and a half, five million a year. No, not when you have the salary issues that you have right now and you have to sign, you have to figure out if you want to sign Ed Oliver. If you want to re-sign Jordan Poyer, you know, if you want to re-sign Tremaine Edmonds. So, you know, yes, we'd all love to. And if he walked in and said, I'll do whatever I need to do to be a part of this football team, we Mm. would love that. But he plays the one position that that's longevity is not very good in the NFL, and that's running back. Four years. So if he's got a chance to get it, he needs to go get it. And I would be surprised if if he's here on this roster next year. Yeah, four years. I I will be too, and it's going to be tough to see. So this is your topic. You wanted to talk about this one, so drum roll for Jerry. The Buffalo Bills ran five different personnel groupings in the first six plays against the Dolphins. Are we struggling with an identity crisis, or is Dorsey just overthinking? I think we overthink a little bit. I don't know what our identity is, really, to be honest with you. I think our identity as an offense right now is Josh Allen. That's our identity. For sure. What is what does he do? And I think that the telltale sign was through that, you know, that just trudging through that dismal third quarter that we had mm-hmm. as a football team to where we finally got to the point right right the series with his long run. Mm-hmm. 
he was just he had enough of it. I mm-hmm. mean, you could also see the frustration and and what was going on, and he was sick of it, and he took it over. Yep. I, I really think we don't have an identity as an offensive football team. And, um, you know, that was the quietest five catches for Diggs I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, Beasley comes in and, and gets a couple. There was a few passes. Beasley was open, and they didn't get the ball to him. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, he was limited in how much he played. But I, I worry about us because I don't know, or at least I haven't seen lately, do we have do we have somebody to take the top off of it I almost feel like we lack a little bit of team speed on offense as far as, you know, we don't have that guy. We don't have that team speed as good as Diggs is. Diggs is more of a possession. I don't want to say, you know what I mean? He's not going to catch the ball and do what Tyreek Hill does. We leave everybody. That guy is now on the, on on the team in John Brown and smoke Brown. So you got to assume that one year, one and a half year removed from being like, he hasn't lost a whole second on his 40 time. I mean, he might not be as fast as he was seven years ago, but he's not right. much slower. And Bruce Nolan, uh, who is part of Buffalo Romings, talks a lot of a lot just about there's a difference between speed and verticality. Um, getting vertical in a route and getting vertical well and open, which Gabe Davis does a good job of. Now, this year it's been a problem outside of the Steeler game because teams have only basically ran the Tampa two against us. Now the Dolphins game, and I know you watched it. Beasley was on the field for 11 snaps, and the thing that we pounded the table for was that he would he would put the, the defenders in a position where they would have to drop another safety to watch him because of right. what he does and what he does well, and we saw it. The Dolphins ran a lot of cover one. They ran some cover zero, like yes. they were, and they did run some cover two stuff as well when Beasley wasn't on the field, but when Beasley was on the field, they were not necessarily committed to a cover two, so you got to think that as Beasley kind of gets up to speed, and it has more like 25 snaps in a game that more than likely you're going to start seeing some of that deeper, those deeper patterns, right. deeper routes, right? He's going to free digs up because they did a really good job. I thought Miami, I know he had what five for 60, I think is what he ended up having. Who's that? Diggs. Um, Diggs. Yeah. It was yeah, like five for 60 something. So, yeah. yeah. But he was for all intents and purposes, Miami made him disappear a little bit. I didn't, I didn't think he was that just difference maker that he's been in some of these other games. Um, Beasley's still fast as all get out, or I should say quick as all get out. He yep. ran a route that was missed by Josh. He ran this, it's kind of this choice route they run where they run a quick, almost like either a shallow or a, they'll run right at the inside linebacker. And then if they play one way, they'll stick their foot in the ground and go out. He ran this in out and then back in thing that mm-hmm. I was like dizzy watching it, but he was open and they didn't get him the ball, but you can see where he, he brings value to the offense. But that's my thing is what are we? Like sometimes I think we're trying to run some form of the West Coast, mm. and then we come out and we're like, okay, we're going to run this this wide open, more of a college quarterback run spread offense, and then we go into we 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 go into this other mode where we're going to run two tights or some version. You know, we we call it, it it looks like a two tight end set, but it's when it's when um, Knox and um, this week it was Quentin Morris this week. Morris played, but who's my other guy? 40, uh, the fullback. Reggie Gilliam. Yeah, Reggie Gilliam will come in, and they'll both be off the ball, but they're on the line end of the line of scrimmage. It's almost like a two-tight end set. Right, right. And they ran that within the first five or six plays of the game. Um, you know, so we're running all these formations, and it's just like, but really, what are we doing? I mean, we're running 20 formations in three plays. Well, they went three and out in the first drive. Right. So they did that. Right, right. <laughs> 
So I don't, I, I, I still don't understand. I, I still don't feel what our, 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 our identity is. And I think really what our identity is, is Josh Allen, go make something up and make a big play. It, at times it seems that way. Um, I've been, I've been, I've been on the side of the fence of let's do whatever we got to do. You've probably heard me say it to preserve and, and create longevity in Josh Allen's career. Cause he's going to, there's going to be a career arch to him. That's going to be a lot like Steve Young's a lot like John Elway's where young, dumb, right. Right. Full of the, you know, not, not yeah. the bad word, but full of yeah. energy, full yes. of yes. testosterone. And then at some point in time, he's going to level off and he's going to start, he's going to become a very effective pocket passer. Like he's going to become a very dangerous guy, which he is now, but where he's going to more rely on that and he's going to be elusive in the pocket. And then towards the end of his career, you're going to start seeing that run thing come back when defenses are like, he doesn't do that anymore. And then he's going right. to run by you. I heard somebody somewhere, I don't remember where it was, talk about the fact that like, why? Why why not or why try to extend his career? I I don't want an abbreviated career like we got from Jim Kelly. And Jim Kelly's career was abbreviated because he got destroyed in the USFL. And you were obviously there as Jim was kind of like in his A game. Right. And then like when 96 happened and it was like, oh, it's it's caught up, right? Like so 10 right. years, 10 years he's out, you know, no longer a bill. But I listened to somebody talk about like use him up. If he's if he's a short wick. And you get like the greatest quarterback play out of him for 10 years or 12 years, light that wick gone and like win some Super Bowls and be done with it. But mean, meanwhile, I'm like, I just, I, for me, sorry. I kind of feel that way. I kind of feel that way. Yeah. Don't forget what you're going to say. So I think, I think this comes down to, and I tell, I tell my listeners, listeners all the time, enjoy every moment of Josh Allen. Enjoy every freaking moment that you get to watch this kid. Even the interceptions, the fumbles, the bad plays. What, enjoy every time he snaps the ball because I felt like I just, when I was a kid, I just always expected Jim to be here. I just always right. expected. I mean, I had Ferguson when I was a kid, like when I was younger, when right. I was first becoming a Bills fan and then through the bad years. But when like Jim got good, I just kind of took it for granted that like, no, no, no. Like Jim, Jim is right. the guy, like he's the man. And then all of a sudden he was gone and it was like, oh. <laughs> and I see I think that'll take care of itself I don't think you can change the way a guy plays I really don't I agree and if Josh wants to go he goes but I think Josh himself will change the way he plays over time because of you know maybe being dinged up and stuff but going back to Dorsey real quick before we move to the next topic yeah yeah there's almost like there's two different types of offense coordinators there's a coordinator that runs a system mm. and runs plays that sets up a big play mm-hmm. and then there's coordinators that run plays and and eventually i've got all these awesome plays drawn up and eventually one of them's going to hit and i sometimes feel like that's where we are right now in the dorsey the dorsey scheme where we're trying you know i've got all these great plays you know i've got it's it's like the water boy and my man's got so you know my man's playbook over there and he's going to go to a page and call that play and it's going to score right (laughs) Um, (laughs) and if it doesn't work you've already got you you've always got a parachute right And and his name is josh allen right and and i think that's what's we've fallen into a little bit i thought diable was much more of a i thought diable was very calculated and he was running it's like chess he was running 10 plays to where the 11th play was going to score to where i think that you know dorsey's a little bit more you know we're going to draw these great plays up and one of them's going to hit at some point it's an interesting take because you hear all the time from defenses even our defenses at times you've heard i should say through time and you could probably speak to this you know, they showed us that play a couple times and then they, right. they showed it to us again and then they did something else off of it, right? 
or and and we know that even this Bills team will put something on film. They'll run a very awkward, weird kind of like I've never seen that before, just to put it on film for basically teams defenses to consider later. Uh, Dable to me was wildly disconnected from the flow of the game. Brian Dable, I think, from when it comes to being creative offensively and understanding his players, uh, I think he's a genius. I think he's a mad scientist right. when it comes to calling the game. Maybe it is what you said. Like, I'm looking to score in 11 plays or 12 plays. That also wasn't our offense. Our offense was very much a, we're going to go down the field in two minutes. We're going to go on the field in a right. minute. We still are that Well, you often. know what I'm trying to say is, yes, is you're, sure. everything stays within my theory. Everything stays within yes. my – But that's even, what I meant by that. Yeah, but even still, to your point about Dorsey, it, it does seem like let's just get it all right here. Like, yeah. I, we've heard Josh say in interviews, you know, Dorsey has told me – that if we get this look, I'm going to give you a shot play. And if we don't get it, we're going to come back to it. And I don't know that you necessarily need to live and die that way when your offense is just better, right? Right. Like, why, why, why take shots if you don't need to take shots? So we're going to take shots without without guys like Jerry Judy and Speed to go over the top and take those shots. Or Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. <laughs> right. Right. That, that's what I meant to say is Waddle. And, no, Judy, and, that, uh, that name works yeah. too. <laughs> right. But you, you understand what I'm saying. Completely. So I got a graphic for you, and it's a graphic that either you or somebody shared in the group chat today. It was Spence. It was was Spence. Spence. Yeah, drops have been an issue for this Bills offense this season. Uh, Josh Joshua Patrick Allen leads the league. He doesn't. His team leads the league in dropped passes, and this is not a new thing. So this was the, the story of 18. This was the story of 19. And then the Bills got Cole Beasley and John Brown and so and Stephon Diggs, and all of a sudden, right. like that changed. Uh, but they have so there have been 31 dropped passes. Uh, so I'll show the graphic. 31 dropped passes for Josh Allen this season, the most of any other quarterback in the NFL. And if you do the math, Josh is at 63% right now. If those 31 passes had been caught, he'd be at 69% completions. And those are balls that are on target. So that's not like a drop pass where the guy like threw his arm out and right. got his hand on it. That's literally it's it's within the catch radius inside like the, the head to shoulder circle, right? So what is happening? Like what is going on? Who are the greatest offenders? You know, Dawson Knox this past weekend had some issues. Isaiah McKenzie's dropped a lot of balls. Um, we've seen Diggs drop a couple balls. Um, Beasley is going to help that number, right? Yes, sir. Thoughts? Um, it's actually, if you go by PFF standings, it's actually 35 drops, 35, not 31. Yeah. They yeah. threw another four on there. I know mm-hmm. you like to not talk about those because it makes it more depressing, but well, it would um, be percent, <laughs> right? So, I don't, I mean, drops, there's a lot of stuff that has to do with, with that. I mean, is it weather? Is it, you know, different things like that? I don't know, but the, you can't have that many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not like Josh Allen's a left handed quarterback. Okay, the ball's not coming at you with a different spin. Yeah, yeah. It's not now it might be coming at you a little bit hard, and you're going to have southern, to try to make southern know. hemisphere spin. It's not right, a right, right, right. <laughs> you're going to have to go ahead and try to catch this missile coming at you. Right. But um, you know, drops are drops are are because of a lot of things. They be they can be, like I said, they can be weather. They can be fatigue. I mean, yeah, yeah. A player can be fatigued. It can be uh, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But it needs to get cleaned up. And the funny thing is, is I guarantee you. Um, for all the people that are probably banging the table saying we need the coaches need to do something, I'm sure the coaches are working on this. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. those guys are out catching on the jugs machine every day. 
um, it'll get better. But right now it's something that's uh, at an alarming rate. But I'd like again, to, you know, go ahead. I'd like to see that stat combined with a receiver ran the wrong choice route. Because yeah, we can do a, that. There's been a lot of those too, where Josh is like, "No, no, no, you're like he doesn't do he." I think he did it one time in the in this in the game against Miami, but generally he is not doing the Tom Brady and like other quarterback thing where right. this, that and like yet like scolding his receiver as he's running back to the huddle. But normally he just looks up at the play clock or looks up at the booth, <laughs> like you see it on his face. He he doesn't take the blame, but he doesn't give blame either. There's been a lot of guys that are seeing the defense differently than he's seeing it so i'd like to see those combined buffalo freddy i love this the uh this this comment from from dan <laughs> i've convinced myself they've been holding a large part of the playbook back for the playoffs because if not i'd be very disappointed these play calls are vanilla now two things john fina says this is absolutely absolutely not true and offenses never do this i think you would probably concur i agree with john fina yes yeah, that, they that, do not hold back plays to save them for the playoffs. Because <laughs> right. if you do, you're never going to get to the playoffs. <laughs> right. Now, I will add this caveat. I think a very, very smart thing the Buffalo Bills can do is you've got Cole Beasley back in the fold. Cole Beasley healthy is a dangerous, dangerous Cole Beasley. He's also a not a very small man or not a very large man. He's a smaller right. guy on a football field, which is why – Going into the playoffs every year, he's been broken ribs, broken leg, like problems, oblique issues, and all kinds of stuff. You get him on the field for 11 reps, he gets some game action to him, gets one catch. The next couple games, you're in the playoffs already. The next couple right. games, 15 reps, 20 reps, one catch, two catch, and you get to the playoffs with a healthy, completely ramped up, ready-to-go Cole Beasley versus getting him eight targets next week and him like tweaking a shoulder or tweaking a wrist or tweaking a leg or something. I think that's a much better strategy and he's still going to effectively do the same thing for you. If his presence on the field makes a difference, right? Right. Exactly. And I think if you can get, there's a few guys like that. Beasley's one of them. Um, um, my man, I always forget his name. My, uh, our backup running back. Oh, James cook. Yeah. James cooks. Another, Mm -hmm. um Hines from 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 the Colts who came over in the trades another yep, we've yep. got some guys that you need to really ride a little bit and get those guys some time and some minutes and catch them back up yeah. I think you know we are playing we're, we're still playing for a number one spot right yes um hopefully hopefully the Dolphins or I'm sorry hopefully the Chiefs help us and lose one between now and then give us a little, little bit of a buffer and we They're beat the Bengals or the right, Bengals another one right exactly but it's like we've got some some people that we need to to try to do that with besides Beasley and these other guys too. I mean, um, you know, we did it back in the day when I played. Um, mm -hmm. Guys sat out, guys played more, guys played other positions. Um, it's just the way it goes. You get a chance now to to work out some kinks with some of these guys, and uh, hopefully that's a, a situation we can take advantage of. Yeah. So this this weekend heading. So let's transition now because I'm let, I'm warning everybody now. This is not going to end at an hour. So it's going to be an hour five hour ten just because we right. have some other topics that we want to talk about and we want to get into the, the the Bears game. So exactly. transitioning to the Bears game. Excuse me. The injury report. The biggest thing in the injury report right now is is Mitch Morse. Mitch Morse with his sec his sixth concussion. I watched the third quarterback. He played the first series, of which was a three and out. Right. He did not go back in in the second series. I didn't notice he wasn't in the game until somewhere around the middle 
of this of the third quarter. That was because I was at the game too when I realized that Roten, I, I, Quisenberry was on the field, 77. I was like, whoa, whoa. Like, right. I was, So to me, it was like Dawkins or Brown, who's hurt. And then I saw both Dawkins and Brown, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> that was my first thought. But re-watching the game, so there was a play where sec- the second play, if you go back and watch it, of the first series of the second half, Mitch goes out to basically, he, he pulls and goes out and catches a block, and he just smashes heads, smashes helmets with the defender. Right, and it, there was a moment when he's holding on to him where he was kind of like, "Whoa!" If that makes any sense, like you no, know, what, what you call getting ear hold, you and John call getting <laughs> ear hold, where it's like, right. "Bang!" It happens, and you're like, "Whoa!" Um, he went back, he snapped the ball for the for the next play, executed it fine. I watched him as he ran off the field because they're getting ready to punt. He took his helmet off, and he was he seemed normal. Did not go back into the game. So you got to just assume that he was like on the sideline going, I'm not okay. Yeah. I was curious to see how that happened. So it wasn't like he got pulled out for protocol or anything of that nature. No, that was on him. He literally second play of the first drive of the second half. Like I said, pull, he pulled to his right, went head to head with the defender that was coming at him. And it wasn't even like a fall down. They just went bang. And the play kind of ended with them holding onto each other. He went right back to the huddle, snapped the ball. It was a, whatever happened. They had to punt, ran off the field, took his helmet off. And was like running over to the sideline and was and looked, he wasn't wobbly, wasn't didn't wasn't right. like blinking hard or anything like that. It was very, I would say, benign, right? Right. So I'm guessing, maybe I'm wrong. I have asked John Fina this question as well in the past, that he said that he has not had very many concussions. That to his he's gotten ear hold to his point or to that point. But can you speak to that as an offensive lineman? Uh, have you ever taken a wallop? Played a yeah, couple I've had, and gone I've had back probably, like, yeah, I, I, I'm, you know, and it's hard to, you know, back then it was a badge of honor and now it's something that you don't, you know, people, it, you kind of cringe when you talk about it, but I can remember right. a time in, in the Jets, in the Meadowlands, um, I went ahead and I, I went up on the next level to a linebacker, went to cut him, he was running, raised his knee up, boom, got kneed in the side of the head, mm. you know, saw the stars, came back to the huddle. And luckily, our our backup uh, center Billy Connady was was playing guard, and for the rest of the game, Billy made the calls, and Billy told me what when the snap count was. He was, really? you know, he made the calls, and I snapped the ball when Billy told me to snap the ball, <laughs> and that's what I did and played and played through it. Um, I can remember a time playing Atlanta at home uh, was running a was running a a power scheme against uh, Chris Dolman. He was late to read it, put his foot in the ground, ran downhill. We went helmet to helmet in the same thing. Um, the cold weather, to me, cold weather was is is a big indicator of this. Mm. Those helmets are hard. Mm-hmm. You know, it's cold. Um, louder. Like the smacks are louder. Yeah, exactly. Noise, so, noise is a big part of that. Like, can be a big part of that. Right, it can be. But, no, I mean, it's uh, – I commend Mitch for doing that because if if it was his call, then 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 God bless him. He's listened, he's learned, and you know what? It's not worth having issues later in life. When I, when we played, it was something that, uh, you know, it was something you just did, man. You played and you you worked through things. And I'm not wearing, I'm not, I'm not saying that's like this big, I'm not out there, you know, dying on my shield like this great right. warrior. I'm just saying right. that's how it was, man. You, you hit a smelling salts on the sideline and you, you did what you could do. Right, for sure. So uh, Pamela has entered the the chat. 
and I'm looking for it. I'm going to load it up. She's accusing me of starting the show early. Pamela says, I literally am going to hurt someone. Hump Day doesn't usually mm-hmm. start until nine. Ugh, Joe. She um, might still be at the Mafia house. She she might still be in 2020 because <laughs> this is the banner <laughs> for the Hump Day hotline. Clearly, it says Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Uh, <laughs> last week. What time were you on last week? Was it 8 p.m.? Um, same, same bad time, same bad channel. <laughs> the week before that, it was at 8 p.m. Yeah, the week before it that, it was at 8 p.m. So yeah. there is a time here and there when we'll move it to 9 if we need to. Uh, but uh, Pamela, it's 8, 8 p.m. So yeah, yeah. so <laughs> love you, Pam. You know it. That's why I'm giving you a hard time. <laughs> so uh, the only other real big injury is Jordan Poyer has a knee issue. I would not be surprised if they sit Jordan Poyer in this football game, just because it's going to be as we talk about the next topic, the weather. This is going to be a smash mouth, ground and pound, 25, 30 mile an hour wind, negative 25 right. wind chill. To me, this is going to be nobody's going to be throwing the football. Well, Josh might. But I don't see Justin Fields, who's limited as a passer already. Right. I don't see them dropping him back, throwing the football 40 times, 35 times, even if they're losing. I wouldn't be surprised to see Jordan sit this game out. So the weather in Chicago for this game is expected to be, as I said, two to five inches of snow, whiteout conditions. They said during the day doesn't mean necessarily during the game. 35 mile an hour winds and a wind chill of minus 25 degrees. Now, here is my first problem with all of this information, Jerry O. All we heard about this past week before the Bills-Dolphins game from the national media, from local media guys, is this game should be postponed. This game should be moved. They're expecting a foot or a foot and a half of snow, right? Like the Bills need to build a dome, yada, yada, yada. Now we're going to go to Chicago a week later, and it's minus 25 and snow and wind. So why does Buffalo, why are we the only ones that get the you need to build a dome, Buffalo. And Chicago isn't talked about. Green Bay isn't talked about. Well, they're going to build like, one in Chicago. They talked about it this year when they sure do the new stadium. They are. Sure, they. Yeah, are. I'm pretty sure they are. Yeah. And I'm going to say something, Joe. I, I I almost feel like we need to put an American flag behind me, and I need to have one of those moments <laughs> where I put my hand on my heart there's, as I speak. There's probably a, a, a green screen image <laughs> that you could get with a flag, Joe. <laughs> I would like to say. I am a reformed dome hater, and here's why. <laughs> so, what you're saying? You want a dome now, or now you don't want a dome? I wanted, I want a dome, and you here's want why. A dome. Here's why. Okay. It has nothing to do with the fan experience for me. We had an absolute blast in the snow. Yeah, throwing the snow in the air, all that stuff. Yes, my kids going on the field after the game, taking pictures without their shirts on, with their bibs on. I mean, with the playoff bound in the back, that was great, right? <clears throat> Watching our football team, we get absolutely no advantage out of playing in that weather. Uh, not this football team. It's different. Yeah. It's different. This is not a built-to-play in miserable weather football team. Yeah, this is not a Travis Henry team. This is not a, right. this is not a Willis McGahee team. Right. This, this is, is not a, Thurman. This, this is, is not, not Marshawn yes. Lynch. This is not a Marshawn no. Lynch football team. No, this is not Marshawn. <laughs> this is it, – it's not built for this weather. And right. as long – and here's the deal. As long as 17's taking the snap – it's not going to be built for this weather. I mean, I know we like to make him out to be some sort of, you know, he's like he's like the Dan Marlboro man, right? I mean, the way that everybody talks about him. You and, played, I mean, he's like, you played yeah. the Marlboro man. Banner was up, right? Right, exactly. He's like a cross between. He's like a cross between. He's like a, he's like a cross between uh, 
uh, John Dutton from Yellowstone and and uh, uh, what the heck was that Robert Redford character when he was playing? Uh, he was a mountain man up through the wilderness. Anyway, the point I'm trying to make is, man, he don't want to play in that weather either, right? right and right. I turned around to my boys about halfway through the third quarter. I said, they need to go ahead and build a retractable roof because we get no advantage of playing in this. After watching Miami, who came from, what, 90 and, and sunny, you know, whip our ass up the middle of the whole game in the running game, we don't we don't just build the dome and make everybody happy with the yeah. ticket prices the way they are they deserve to be comfortable so yeah the, build so the dome. josh allen was asked about it and he said look it's cold for them it's cold for us josh right. doesn't want a dome jo- josh enjoys being a, he, I, th- I think he lives in the football was meant to be played outside type of mentality which is odd because at the end of the day his stats would be way better if we put if we played right. the dome i think the nfl should mandate domes for every team right I, and it's hard for me to believe that the Bills are going to build a mostly covered old Texas stadium-esque stadium, and somehow it's going to add a billion dollars to cover up the last little bit. Like, All so right. I, I would say this. I, I got my first opportunity to visit uh, Patriot Place uh, about a month, month and a half ago when I went on a business trip out to Boston. Never been there before. And when you look at Orchard Park, when you look at what Orchard Park is, and this is where – Buffalo, the city, Erie County, New York State, and even Buffalonians just don't get it. Patriot Place is in Boston. It's freaking cold in Boston. It's not warm there. It's just like it is here. They get a little bit less snow than us. Patriot Place is a mall. There's a hospital there. The stadium is there. There's all kinds of restaurants there. It's an outdoor like Easton Town Place. So Les Wexner, who owns owned limited brands, Victoria's Secret Express, all that stuff, built kind of the first outdoor experience mall about 10 15 years 15 years ago called easton town center in columbus ohio and when i was living there at the time when they built it i was like why would you ever build them all outside dude it didn't matter if it was zero degrees outside at easton people were at the mall like they were there buffalo should do the exact same thing in orchard park build a stadium put restaurants hotels around it outdoor shopping plazas restaurants you name it if there's a hospital great convention center new york state's never going to do it because in Buffalo, all we think about is, well, it snows. Who would want to be outside? You would. You would go. Yeah, but I'd also like to know how much money Robert Kraft put into the stadium, uh, into, into the new Gillette. And, you know, this – to me, the reason the roof's not being built is because the state doesn't want to pay for it. That's a, uh, Yes, you're you're not wrong as far as that, that to goes. Me is the, that, to me, is the biggest reason why there's no roof. Right. And you know what? If they're uh, – It just – it goes, it goes from a situation of – the stadium is going to be used eight times, nine times, maybe 12 yes. if we have the road to the playoffs through Buffalo. And then a couple times for a concert here and there in the summer versus if it's a, if there's a convention center connected to it, it's going to be used a bunch, whether it's concerts, indoor concerts or monster truck rallies or whatever you want to use it for. There's just the, there's an opportunity that's completely, and I get it. There's, there's probably this feeling and Easton did it. Easton in Columbus, Ohio, when it was finished, destroyed almost every other single, single mall in Columbus. People were right. driving, they would drive past malls to go to Easton because it was just that much better. And I know that that would happen to the gallery. kind of like the McKinley mall has died in Hamburg. I, I get all of that conversation and there's things that you have to protect, but at the end of the day, you want to do what's best for the area, best for the city, best for the team, best for the market, best for everything else. And the state is not doing that and best for the fans. And the state is just not doing that in this situation. So that's and, a rat, that's a rabbit trail, yeah. but yeah, go ahead. And you know, I don't, I don't and, and here's the deal. If we needed the snow for us to beat Miami, 
then we don't need to be we don't need to be winning the division and going deep into the playoffs anyway. Uh, it, whether it snows or it doesn't snow, it should not matter. Yeah. And to be honest with you, and I will say it again, and 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 John Phoenix talked about it, Ruben Brown talked about it last week on Hump Day. And by the way, hit that smash, smash that uh, like button. We say hump hit that, that like button. We say hump, hump that like button. Yeah. Smash that subscribe. Here's the thing, you know, we shouldn't have the heat shouldn't have affected us the way it affected us in Miami. We were not prepared. I don't care what anybody says. We weren't prepared to play in that heat. And that preparation for heat takes place seven days before a game, not yeah. not a day before a game. Yeah, for it, sure. I'm sorry. I just the way I feel. So I don't know, man. Build the dome, have some concerts, have some fun. I I just I don't think we have that advantage anymore. I really don't. Well, it changes everything. You you now have the opportunity. You build a place like Patriot Place in Buffalo. Now you have the opportunity to host a draft. Right. You're never going to get the Super Bowl right. because no. there's not enough hotel no. beds. But no. you could get the draft. You could get there. You could get if they decide to move the combine from Indianapolis. You could get a combine. Right. You could get things right. You could do other stuff. So let's move on. We got uh, two more topics. One of which is the uh, game prediction and stat line. But uh, getting into this game real quick with the last couple minutes that we have expected game plans for the bills offense and defense versus expected game plans for the bears. The bears are going to run the football. David Montgomery is a good, good running back. Justin Fields is just as dangerous. If potentially not more dangerous than Josh Allen running the football, the bears are going to run the football. If it was 75 and sunny, the bears are going right. to run the football. I'm nervous. Jerry O. Because the Buffalo Bills went into a football game in December against the Miami Dolphins late December, where they expected on Wednesday, it was expected to get 24 inches of snow. And the Southern Florida team was coming to your house in the weather. And did it look to you like the Bills expected them to run the football on Saturday? <laughs> no, um, our run defense was absolutely trash. Um, it was trash and i've i've said this before and i'll say it again um when phillips doesn't play we're at a huge disadvantage he is immense he's an immense man inside he's our one true i believe one true run stopper mm -hmm. um that we have now we had some guys like settle and some other guys that you know and, and it made some great plays and what happened we didn't get guys on the ground. Our tackling on, mm -hmm. on Saturday night was atrocious. And by the way, Team No Dome, that had a lot to do with your tackling as well. Mm -hmm. People don't like to tackle in the cold. People that don't like the cold don't like to tackle in the cold. Yeah, it's hard. And our tackling was awful. Our, our, gap, our gap soundness in the run game was awful. And you're right, Joe. You talked about there's a game plan out there, right, that, that people are utilizing to beat Miami, okay? Mm -hmm. We're not built to do that game plan. We're not a we are not a press man team. We got a and and you don't we got Elam. We got Elam who could probably play some press man, but we're not a press man team. We don't have press man corners. I I, I don't sorry. think it's, I, I don't think it's about having press man co corners. So there's a difference between having Tom Brady, right? So there was there was many. So when we when the Buffalo Bills had Jim Swartz and we had Mario Williams and Jerry Hughes on each side. And they were a wide nine, and they were the best defense, probably the best defense the Buffalo Bills have ever had. Right. They were getting to every quarterback. The, the Patriots would come in, and they would switch their game plan to a fast-passing game plan. So Brady would take two-step throw, three-step throw, one-step throw. There's a difference between playing Tom Brady 
in that style of an offense versus playing Tua. Tua is not Tom Brady. Tua is so, underrated, though, man. Tua is a good quarterback. He, we can debate that. So we can. We so the 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 49ers took away the middle of the field, played some light press man against the Dolphins, and Tua and the Dolphins offense could could barely do anything. The Chargers right. stepped it up. They literally played press man. They put their hands on Waddle and they put their right. hands on Hill. And and Tua had no place to go, so he would drop back three yard or three steps, and then would throw the ball recklessly to green spots on the field, hoping somebody was there. It was thirty percent completion percentage. The Bills press man coverage was Tre'Davious White, Dane Jackson, Kier Elam going up within three yards, and at the snap of the ball, going and dancing with him, and then two, Hill would run around him. There's a difference between that and literally, if you get your hands on those guys and you put your hands on them, which you're allowed to do, and you disrupt it that much, Tua's got nothing to do. They ran a sh- crap ton. I swore. They ran a crap, <laughs> one of, they run a crap ton of naked boots expecting right. the Bills to put their hands on their receivers, and they didn't. They, well, they, they ran they, the they, naked boots because they've been running the ball up their rear end the whole game. But, but, I, but yes. I know you want to put hands on people, but we don't have hands on people corners. You do if you put your hands on them. They didn't They didn't want to. But then the what idea, happens? The idea was like, I'm just going to slow him down, and I'm not going to touch anybody. And I don't think that's press We man. don't play defense that way. We're not, a, we're not I, an aggressive press man. We are going to keep everything in front of us and play that umbrella. That's why we've been talking about Jackson uh, the last couple of weeks not being able to cover that out route. And the safety help getting over there late. The Dolphins you know? play the Packers this weekend. Yep. The Packers are going to beat the Dolphins. And Jair Alexander is going to put Hill and Waddle on their asses. Yeah, but that's him. That's what at he the does. Line, at the line of scrimmage. He's not going to dance with him and right. then let him run around him. He's going to Sauce he's Gardner. Gonna, that's why Sauce Gardner. That's what he does. He's he going to step up and he's going to put his hands on him and he's because right. you're allowed to. Five-yard right. chuck rule, right? And you can't expect Trey White. To, you can't – you know, White still, as well as he's playing, he's still coming back from the injury. He's not where yes. he was or where Agreed. he will be. 100%. You got a corner from Florida who's head spinning around because he's a rookie, and he's – you know, he's 14 games into a season. He He's used to right now going ahead and being in bowl prep. He, mm-hmm. he has no clue what's going on. Bedford is probably your best guy to do that maybe, and he's hurt. Yep. So it's like – I think the Bills are – we talked about percentages all the time, right? And while I was I, – I, their problems this weekend were because of the way they played the run more than the way they played the pass. In my estimation, I thought that our safeties and even uh, Edmonds was a, were a little bit gun-shy because they were peaking because of the way they were running the ball. But I just – we're not built that way. That's not what we do. Yeah. And I think that they would have just uh, – I think they would have smashed this even – I think they would have smashed this if we tried to grab guys because then they would have been absolutely – it had been complete mismatches and, you know, out the gate. But yeah. I don't know. I don't – you know, there's there's things about matchups, Joe, and you know this. Sure. And I just don't think we match up very well with Miami on defense. I, just, I don't think – well, the, the Miami defense doesn't match up well against our offense because they're right. committed to playing man, and Josh Allen eats man coverage. Right. And that's why we're – and that's why Josh Allen has all the running yards against him because when they got their backs turned to the line of scrimmage, running with receivers, he's running down the field, you know? Right. It's crazy. So, Josh Allen has the best – has the best, yeah. he plays the Dolphins – the only teams he doesn't play more than the Dolphins is the Patriots and the Jets, and he's got his best like pass career passer rating against the Dolphins because of how they play him. They they are they wholly sell out 
to man coverage. And Josh is like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> right? right. So, which is crazy, but there's a good conversation going on in the comment section right now about the different number one defenses that the bills had. Right. So there's the Greg Williams number one defense, which you were a part of. So you were on that football team. Mm-mm. You were I not. Was, uh, I was. I retired that year. I never gotcha. played a season for Greg Williams. Gotcha. So you were. You were gone. Uh, yes. I said the Jim Schwartz number one defense. Obviously, McDermott has had a couple of number one defenses. To me, the Schwartz number one defense was the best, just because that was the year that Hughes had double digit stack, double digit right. sacks. Mario Williams had double digit sacks. Like they were just getting after people. It was. It was just a, a four. Well, Schwartz you, was like, yeah, thirty to thirty. He was chill, but once you got to the thirty yard line, they were blitzing every play. It almost seemed like. But 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 even still, they they ran the, the they they were they lived and died by the front four getting home, and those guys got home. Right. All whereas right now we live and die by the front four getting home, and when Vaughn was healthy, they got home. The last two years, right? They kind of, they got close, right? Well, the Bills lead the league in pressures. Well, what does that mean? Did you even move the quarterback off a spot, Jerry? So that's a different conversation for another day. So getting back to so what we're not going to have to worry about this week, in my opinion, is Justin Fields throwing the ball 40 times. Right. So right. are the Bills going to come in? So you watched that game. John and I talked about it a little bit that, you know, the, the Tyree kill was in motion a lot, like abnormally a lot somebody i think it was john said he was getting dizzy watching tyreek hill go in motion so much right um and the reason was i heard on one bills live i heard eric wood talking about it was every time he went in motion in whatever direction he went the whole defense would shift to follow him and it would remove milano or edmonds depending on which side they shifted to and would bring the nickel into the into the formation so it would take them from having seven men in the box to six men and they would get smaller at the same time Eric felt, and I've been, I have pounded the table for this forever, that for a traditional 4-3 would have been better in that situation than a nickel 4-2, even though people want to just love on Taron. And I love Taron Johnson, but Taron Johnson is not as big as, you know, A.J. Klein or some of these other guys that you're going to put in, Tyrell Dotson. So I guess the question is, is are we going to see more 4-3 this weekend with the the reality that Justin Fields is not throwing the football in 30-mile-an-hour wins? There's a chance. I would say we'll probably see more for it. We'll see. They'll play the four two five, but the safety will have much more solid run responsibility. Mm-hmm. I don't think teams are just going to hop in and play something they don't play. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't, I don't ever, I don't ever think that, you know, I don't understand that because I, I've said this to Fina before. He's he made the same statement that you just made. Yeah. When you practice this all week, you don't switch. Well, that's funny because four three teams switch well, to a nickel can, they switch to well, a nickel and a dime all the time well, like, no, not as much though going from a nickel they're playing four two five everybody's playing four two five now so really that whole bring the dime package in bring the quarter package in has changed it's already built in right so in a four two five scheme they feel that they have a four three built into the four two five and that's bringing that safety down and playing in physical do they have another safety that they might play more than another because he's a better run stopper probably it doesn't work but, on the football team but here's the thing, though. You've only got so many minutes in a week to, to practice, right? Yeah. If you're practicing 16 different things, you're not spending enough time on your core stuff. So that's why they like to build in wrinkles to what they do and not just come out and say, you know, it's not like they're running the wish. It's not like you're playing a wishbone team this week, Joe. You're not no. going to change the defense completely up because you're running the they're running the bone, right? The Bills added that wrinkle too on offense when they knelt on a wishbone, but which was amazing. Yeah. Yes. Um, but 
Yes and no. So the Bills, in my opinion, last year, and I've people that are listening have heard me freak out about this forever. Jonathan Taylor runs for 200 yards on him or whatever it was, some ridiculous amount of yards. And they asked Leslie Frazier afterwards, did you ever consider moving out of the nickel 4-2? And he said, not once. And they, right. they got their asses handed to them, handed to them. And later right. that season, there were several occasions where they played bigger, stronger running backs and played a traditional 4-3 defense. We've seen him do it this year, like literally. And I don't understand why they did not do it Saturday night against the Dolphins. I think Sunday or Saturday, this Sunday, Christmas Eve at 1 o'clock, we're going to see more 4-3 out of this defense. If you see 4-3, it's because they run the ball more. But the reason you didn't see 4-3 on, on Saturday night is, again, we don't we are not built that way. That's not how we're built. I guess Who you I, bring, who's the third linebacker coming in? It's either Terrell Dotson or A.J. Klein. Okay. So are we better with Terrell Dotson and A.J. Klein playing? Or we better with the safeties we have played. I would have to do the research on the teams that we played, but if you watch the games that we've played where where AJ Klein or Terrell Dotson has been in the game in a four three, we have been better against the run. You want to stop the run, play better up front. Play better up front. Well, up front, they were Fina was fit to be tied on Monday. Play better about, up front. About the Your front defensive four. line played yes. horribly. The gap the gap the gap yes, the gap coverage run fits were well, not it's because great. we call it we, we as coaches you call it the loser's loop okay yep. so when you have an offensive lineman trying to pressure you on one loo- shoulder wait, wait 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 the loser's loop yes. this is a new one yes. so we're okay, about to get loop. so <laughs> what this talk. is is so say we're there say miami's running the ball to the right okay and yeah. i can't do it justice with this little screen but so the offensive lineman fits up on that front side shoulder of the d lineman he gets out of the stance quick he's got him locked up and you're going to hear another term called fight pressure with pressure, okay? Mm-hmm. The reason you're getting that pressure on the front side is because they're trying to run the ball to that side. Mm-hmm. So you want to fight that pressure. You want to go through that pressure and get over top or get in your gap to make that play. A lot of what I saw on Saturday night was instead of fighting over to make that play, we're going to try to hop backside. So be it would be come back around backside away from the play mm-hmm. and then retrace down the line. Well, that's hard to do sometimes, but then when we did make those plays, we missed the tackles, and we had horrible tackling. So, no, I agree. The, the gal, the, they weren't gap sound. They didn't play very well up front, and I believe that had a lot to do with how Edmonds and Milano played because two steps, they had somebody in their lap. Right. And they weren't free running the way they normally do. They had guys on them. There's this play right here that I'm going to pull up. Um and, and this was one of the ones that Fina was talking about. So, so you want to watch. So you've got your four down linemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's uh, Greg Rousseau as your defensive end, your left defensive end, and then Daquan Jones. And on this run play, and this was one of the ones that Fina called out, he was not happy about. Daquan Jones, for some reason, goes to the outside of his defender. Right. Like, at go. And right. basically puts Rousseau on his back. So Rousseau has no place to go. Because, right. Now watch this. Ready? And, and Fina was like, like I said, was not happy about this. Like, what is Daquan? Like, right there, they're stacked. Like, what is Daquan doing? Right. And Fina right. And, and Rousseau is like, I got no place to go. And then the running back runs inside. And, and go back to the start. And this is, and I think I saw this also later. If you look at this play, Rousseau's head up the inside already of that defensive, that defense or offensive tackle. Yes. So who has contained there? It's Daquan. You know, right. And, it, but it's, it he's got to go in. He's got to go inside. He's got to come inside. Why does he go? Right. When I was saying, when I was saying contain, I meant if they run the ball outside. So you got oh. Tyree Kill going across, and now all of a sudden, 
by leverage, if they weren't coming this way, by leverage, Russo's already inside. I saw some of that as well. They lost their contained gap. So, yeah, that's a missed assignment. That is, that's wrong by Daquan. The fact that you can see 68. <laughs> yes. Perfectly clear. Yes. Should tell everybody. Everybody should ask the question, Daquan, what are you doing here? Like, and this is this is a pure this is a counter to the left. This is a counter scheme. This is a gap scheme run guard to GT GT counter is what this is. Yeah, like rid like and Fina was just like, I don't know what's happening here, but literally, and after he ends up basically on the outside shoulder, Russo's got no place to go. It's, but it's, but it's rewind bad. that. And I'm going to tell you something you brought up earlier, Joe. You brought up about how when they and when Eric Wood talked about them going in motion, us moving. So what they do with Tyreek is by Tyreek going in motion here, watch your linebackers shift. Now stop it. So now all of a sudden we're running counter back to where Tyreek came from. Yep. By those guys shifting over, it gave all my linemen angles now for down blocks. And it also it also removed uh, Milano from the from the box kind of and put Taron in the middle of it. Right, but if you look at this, the the defensive end and the first linebacker outside, which is a safety in our scheme, those two are taken up by the pullers. Now mm-hmm. the next two are that double team, and now they've given the linemen angles by the way they've uh, adjusted. Yeah, and then he just finds the seam and yep, eight yards. But nine. see seventy two. You see seventy two on Edmonds. Edmonds doesn't even get a step downhill. He Bang. he's completely. He never yep. even he never even is able to force the issue. Yep, and and, and that you know. And Rousseau, Rousseau's doing Superman, just trying to catch up at this point in right. time. Like, right. oh my God, I got to do something. So right. I just had that. Uh, I did not have that preloaded. I had to go into my folders to find it. But uh, <laughs> nice little breakdown right there. But no, that was uh, awesome. Yeah. So let's uh, let's finish this thing up with uh, just game predictions and stat lines. So what we do is we t- we have a conversation just uh, to kind of finish the show on what we believe the game prediction is going to be. And hopefully people will throw it in the comment section as well, what they believe a game prediction will be. And a Josh Allen stat line. Now, I'm going to say it again. Uh, it's going to be cold, minus 25, minus 30 wind chill, 30-mile-an-hour winds in this game. Uh, there should be a, the potential of snow, right? And I would say this before you give your guess. The Bills lost a game in Buffalo last year in 35-mile-an-hour winds because the Bills did not throw the football in the first half and then realized in the second half, oh, Josh can complete passes in 35-mile-an-hour winds. And then it was just too late. Time ran out on them. So I think there's a chance that Buffalo still does throw the football. So, yeah. With that being said, game prediction for you? What do you think? Josh Allen's stat line? Where are you at? Well, I'm 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 in the middle of gassing up Pam for being upset that we won't talk critically about the offensive line when we did right at the beginning of the show. But she wasn't here because she had she, she had tar- a moment and thought that, the, yeah, she was tardy to the party. So, Pam, <laughs> before you criticize, you might want to check the transcript. But um, but anyway, check the tape, check the tape, tape. exactly. (laughs) Check the tape. So just, you know, some of us do talk critically of the offensive linemen. We just talk critically on time. Um, (laughs) But anyway, um, I think Josh Allen's going to have a big day running the football. The guys that I think, you know, is Singletary going to be have a big game? I'm not sure. I think Hines is going to have a big game this week. I think this is a game in this type of weather that Hines breaks out. He's mm. a guy that can catch it a little, you know, the dump passes. I don't think Josh has a big game throwing it. I, I would not be shocked if he's under 250 yards, maybe mm. under 200 yards. Mm. But I also think Josh runs the ball 10 times at least 
And I think that um, he he has 100 yards rushing this week. So I'm going to say the over-under is 10 for how many times he runs it. I think mm. it'll be over 10. Wow. And I think it will have over 100. What because about if the wind's blowing like that in that stadium, I've played in it. Mm-hmm. It is it is a witch. You just can't you just can't do anything. You can't no. throw it. Can't uh, that, you, Jerry, you're wrong. I was told by the national media that only Buffalo has bad weather. So oh really? Yeah, that's what I was. Well, talking. we're getting ready. We're getting ready to drop down into the teens tonight in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and we're going to have <laughs> an funny. ice storm. So <laughs> we so we funny. we we have we have cold weather here too, guys. So it like, happens. It legitimately sidebar. Legitimately, Columbus, Ohio is four and a half hours south of here. I lived there for thirteen years, and and yes, it gets warmer about a month earlier and gets colder about a month later. But in the dead of winter, January, February, like there's times when it's. 20 here and it's 10 there and people don't believe me no but it's right. it's like so cold there i'm like we have clouds but we've got a blanket that kind of keeps us warm like i'm telling you it's colder in a lot of places philadelphia the average temperature i think is four degrees cooler or buffalo is yeah. four degrees cooler than philly in the wintertime well four. it's my son yeah my son comes in from des moines iowa right right and all and my friends are going oh my gosh do you have enough warm clothes? I mean, it's it's going to be really cold tomorrow night. And Jackson goes, "Do you, you do understand Des Moines seasonally has colder temperatures than Buffalo? <laughs> you just get more snow, right? May you know we actually are worse off than you are. And like he came down today and left already because that that storm getting ready to hit Chicago was going to hit Des Moines. He wasn't going to be able to get out. But yep, yep. yeah, it, it does get cold other places in this country. The googly eyes that I have gotten in the last two weeks about the fact that we got seven <laughs> feet of snow and then in, for work on teams meetings. Right. So I'm on like virtual meetings right. and I like, I, I point the, 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 the laptop and the camera out my back window where you can see the grass and they're like, where'd the snow go? I'm like, this is yeah. Buffalo. This is what happens. Yeah. We get three feet and it melts. And then we get two feet and it melts. And then we get three feet and it melts. We got yep. seven and it melted. I don't know what to tell you. Like, that's just what happens here. So, but yeah. But I am concerned about our run defense. I really am. And uh, Phillips is playing this week. Hope, hopefully, hopefully he can bring it. Yeah, same, Set same. Tone. Same, same. So for me, Josh Allen wise, you know, I, I won't be surprised if he does throw for 240, 250 in this football game. Um, I'm not going to be surprised as well if you see him try to go over the top once or twice. Like, I think that that's just who they are. And I think that that's what, to your point, that's what they want to do. There's no identity. And it's just, uh, what about now? Let's try it right now. Yeah. (laughs) I think think so. But if that weather, you know, obviously we didn't get to snow in Buffalo this week till the fourth quarter. But if that weather is really, truly what they say it's going to be, it's just that stadium is absolutely miserable. It makes, it makes, uh, it makes Highmark look like uh, the Alliance or whatever, that new one out in Vegas. Believe the, best part, the best part is if you take a Wendella boat tour in Chicago, and I've taken many of them because my wife and I love to go to Chicago for like a day and just walk the city. Um, they tell you that uh, it's called the Windy City, not because it's windy there, but because the politicians back yes. in the late 1800s were like, all they did was talk, and they, were, they said that they were a bunch of windbags. And I'm like, I don't think that's true. Well, that story <laughs> is true, but... They're full of it because it blows like a mother there as well. So it's windy as well. me. So, anyways, uh game. So so I think Josh throws for probably 240, 250 in this game. I think you're right. I think he's gonna have probably close to 70 yards. I think this this is a Josh Allen football game. I yes. think that you win this game 14 to 10, 17 to 10, 14 to 7, 14 3 based on and your offense is based on josh allen uh so that's probably my score prediction probably in the 17 to 7 range 17 to 10 what do you got for score prediction 
Um, I was going to go no field goals <laughs> just because no I don't know if they're going to be able to kick it. But no, right. I, I could see that. I could see a, I'm looking at like a, like a 24, maybe 24 to seven. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if they shut them out. Um, that would be, that would, that would shock me only because I think Justin Fields is going to get loose. So not a bunch, but I think he's going to get well, loose a couple times. We, you know, yes, he could. And you're right. But I just, I wouldn't be shocked they come back and throw a shutout. But no, I think it's like 20, 24 to seven, something in that nature. 24, I tried, 14. I tried to fire up the Bills defense. We're, we'll end on this because we're a minute or an hour and 20 in. I told everybody it was going to go long. Um, Justin Fields, and I don't have this queued up. In his in his presser for his pre his pre whatever weekly presser before the game, right. they asked him about the Bills defense, and he said, "Yeah, <laughs> right there." I saw it. Yeah. You, you saw my video. Michael Poyer is really good. Yeah. The de- defensive line is really good. The nickel's been playing good recently, and I'm just like, wow, because like, if you're doing film study, you know the dude you're looking at, right? Yes. Right, I would think by Wednesday they should they should have a pretty good grasp on who they're playing against. So, and I, if you're a football fan, you should be watching other games anyway and knowing who they have on their roster. And I, there was another in that same presser. Somebody asked him one of the re, one of the reporters asked him if he ever because of his style of play, do you ever watch J- Josh Allen and like maybe mimic some of the stuff he does? He goes, No, I don't ever watch him. No, I like, watch my own style. I'm about myself. Yeah, well, okay. but. So I tagged, watch. I tagged every Bills player that he did not name and the name that he got wrong in hopes that they're like, oh, you're going to put some respect on my name. Like, <laughs> like, yes, I'm that petty. Like, I know these guys read Twitter. And if I can be the guy with the lighter underneath them, <laughs> right, right, start the fire of this guy's going to know who I am by the end of this football game, then I want to be that guy. Like, Well, I got to make a phone call to my guy, Travis, uh, Travis Gibson, who plays defensive end for the Bears. He's the one that, that landed on uh, – landed on um hurts last week and and caused a shoulder injury yeah yeah, we're, yeah. Gonna have, we're gonna have issues if he does that to josh so I'm, <laughs> I, I need to i need to call travis up and let him know that we need to uh take it easy a little bit hey trav you're not making the playoffs <laughs> the bills are <laughs> travis uh don't think about it or like or like my man in in, in smoking the bandit you can think about it but don't do it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's exactly right. So uh, another old movie that you and I saw and most of the people yes. other than Pamela probably have not watched. But uh, yes. Uh, yeah. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you've been tuned in to, into the uh, the Humpty Hotline on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network presented by Picasso Pizza. Uh, Joe Miller hosted the show. Jay Spencer King, the, my co-host, is not here. He's not feeling well, although he did pop in for a cameo. Yes, Jerry O, so awesomely. This was such a fun conversation. Uh, you made an hour and a half flyby. Um, tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ostrowski underscore Big O. We will be on tomorrow night, myself and, and Sarah Larson. Mm-hmm. Uh, three-man rush right here on the Rumblings Networks. We will be live, 9 o'clock Eastern. We'll talk some college football. We're coming up on that uh, Final Four college football playoff. We'll talk some bowl games. And, of course, we'll get into the Bills a little bit at the end. So uh, we're heading towards that that New Year's Six in those uh, Final Four games. So uh, we're excited about that. But tomorrow night, Rumblings Networks, YouTube. Uh, will also drop as a pod later on. But uh, Sarah Larson and I, a three-man rush. Check us out on, on Twitter as well. Awesome. Any final thoughts before I get us out of here? Uh, final thoughts are Bills fans, thank you uh, for the ones I talked to and met, for the ones I did not meet but were with in the stadium. Uh, my family and I had a wonderful, wonderful experience. We will be back. Thank you so much. 
Uh, the city of good neighbors is true. It holds strong again. Um, I'll tell you, man, it's, I get like Fina, you get up there, you start looking at properties. You want to start calling the market dominator. You want to start looking at properties. I told Fina, I said, I think we need to buy a house together and we just pick, uh, we just need to pick what day, you know, what weeks who's up there. And then, right. uh, we can have a couple of joining weekends where maybe it's like just a, uh, old school reunion weekend or whatever, but love Dinner it. Thank you so much. And I did smash a whole ton of, uh, wings chicken parm and eggplant parm sandwiches and that's why i'm on detox now and i'm on baked fish vegetables and water because i'm trying to live past friday uh i came the bills won you're welcome Bills mafia thank you for doing that that was so awesome you took that other picture i'm two and oh folks so if anybody wants to sponsor me I'll gladly come back for another victory, but I need sponsorship. We might have to get you here for all of the the home playoff games if that's the case. So exactly. I, actually, the way ones too, because you, you Kansas City was the first one I came. We won. You're welcome, Bills Mafia. I aim to please, man. I aim to please. <laughs> oh, I love you, Jerry. So, uh, for me, for Jerry Ostrowski, for everybody at Buffalo Rumblings tomorrow, three man rush Friday. Uh, food for thought and then uh sunday is or i guess saturday will be the uh post the immediate post game show with thomas the law right. all in show and then my show will be on sunday again christmas day at eight o'clock i'm not going on christmas eve my wife will kill me um yes. yeah so and then uh obviously normal week stuff after that but for me for jerry for jay spence the king for everybody buffalo rumblings love you guys go bills go bills go bills, go bills.